Coming to you from the breakfast taco capital of the world, it's the most unique hour of sports talk streaming worldwide. Worldwide. And beyond. And beyond. Live from the Alamo City, it's the Two Shots Podcast, hosted by Joe Garcia. All right, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. We're doing a live stream because we're going to react to the Spurs and the Magic uh, first game of the season. We're going to give our, our thoughts and our observations. Uh, we're going to be joined by my co-host here, the one and only Benjamin Bornstein of Project Spurs. How's it going, Ben? It is fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing good, especially after that miraculous win by the San Antonio Spurs. A dominating performance, should I put it like that. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs looked like world beaters yesterday <laughs> as they trounced the magic. I think the final score was 123 to 97. And this game, I mean, it was just amazing to see the Spurs and, and the uptick in pace. You know, not only that, but the ISO ball was gone. They played really solid defense. This team was really fun to watch. I mean, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. This is, was a very refreshing pace for the San Antonio Spurs as they were what I think they were circling the bottom of the league as far as, you know, they were the third worst team when yeah. it comes to pace last season. This season, I mean, they're looking like they're going to be at least probably middle of the pack, if not higher, as far as pace goes, because they are playing very fast. Um, what was one of the things that caught your eye right away besides the pace? Well, to, to piggyback on that a little bit is, you know, this – it was funny. I saw somewhere like even even with the teams that have played so far, the Spurs are still kind of middle of the pack in pace, but it's going to feel a lot faster than it has in the last two or three years. And like you touched on, a lot less iso ball, and that's why they're going to get up and down the up and down the court. They're going to try and get easy bucket transition. I thought they did a really good. They did the magic on fast break points. I want to say it was it was a pretty good margin. I think it was a double-digit margin of the Spurs having the advantage in that regard. And uh, as far as guys who stood out or, or some things that stood out were this Spurs team had 32 assists last night. Like you said, moving the ball very well. There were, I think our own Paul Garcia said yesterday that there were three games last season where the Spurs had 32 assists or more, and they've already done that in their first game this season. So I feel like that is a good sign. They had a pretty solid rebounding night. I mean, they, they got out-rebounded by one, so it's a little concerning, but we kind of knew that the big men, or at least the, the, you know, the, the front court was a little thin and that depth there might be an issue. But that could change when Zach Collins comes back. So we have to wait and see on that. But I really liked what I saw out of the Spurs last night. I mean, there was some really efficient shooting. They made half of their shots, literally half of their shots, which is always great. Um, nobody had a plus minus in the negatives last night. There were a couple guys with zeros, but otherwise everybody was in the plus in, in that, you know, advanced statistic. So that's nice to see. And, I think, you know, if, even if this Spurs team doesn't win a whole lot of games, they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to it's it's going to be nice. It's again, change of pace, 
a literal change of pace and uh, a change in how they how they play on offense. There were a lot more threes taken last night than probably a lot of Spurs fans are used to. So you can expect more threes to get taken throughout this year as well. You know, one of the things that exactly as you stated was the three-point shooting. I mean, it was abysmal early on in the game. They were like going something four for 16, shooting just 25% from beyond the arc early in the game. However, they did finish the game shooting, and I, I dare say this, 13 of 30. They took 30 three-point attempts. They hit. They not they they capitalized on 13 of those. Good enough for 43.3% where they started the game off at just 25%. That's a big turnaround uh, for this team. And for the Knights, you look at the Magic. The Magic took 29 uh, three-point attempts, and they only knocked down nine of those shots. And they shot 31% from beyond the arc. So the Spurs three-point shooting did help as you got into the third quarter into the fourth quarter and it helped sustain the lead and even push it that much further uh, out of the Magic's reach. Uh, what did you think, though, I mean, of this miraculous turnaround from the first half to the second half? What do you attribute the three-point shooting to? Well, I don't know if I'd call it miraculous. This is a Magic team that had a few guys who weren't playing and they are a young team. They are not expected to be good. So what I did really like to see was the Spurs didn't get away from what they thought would work. They they got plenty of open looks. That was not an issue. It was just knocking them down. And you, you know, if you're a shooter, you keep shooting. Doesn't matter if 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 you miss two, three, four in a row. If you know you're a shooter and you're getting wide open looks, nobody's going to be angry at you for taking those shots. So just keep doing that. And I think that's what the Spurs did. They had they they had a few guys who hit, you know, Josh Thremo was the only guy, I mean, he hit one of one. Kata Bates' job hit one of one. Devin Vassell, a guy I really liked, and I'm sure we'll talk about later in this podcast, but a guy I really liked last night, he went three of four. Lonnie Walker was very aggressive with the three-point shooting and taking shots overall. He tied, so Lonnie Walker came off the bench and he tied DeJounte Murray for shot attempts in the game at 17. Uh, Ironically, both of them hit six of those shots. Murray only took four threes, but... Lonnie Walker took nine, made three of those, so he hit a third of his shots. Yay, math. And Derek White hit three of his four. Doug McDermott hit two of his three. So, I mean, the guys who you thought would be shooters are hitting shots. And I kind of hope that Doug McDermott gets more opportunities to shoot threes. I mean, he showed that he can do more than that. He made some really nice cuts, and he and Jakob Pertle seem to have a really good chemistry on the floor. So... That's something to keep an eye on as the season goes on. They had some great but, give and go action. Yeah. It was phenomenal, and I, I think uh, you really need to give Jakob Pertl a lot of credit for being a great screener and a great dribble handoff guy. He just he rolls really well. He rolls hard. He makes the defense commit, and even if he doesn't get the ball, he's good generally. So. I think him having more guys who can space the floor is going to benefit him as well. I mean, he had nearly a triple-double last night, which was super fun. I mean, he had 13 rebounds, seven assists. Only one turnover is the craziest part, and 12 points. So, Jakob Pertl still doing good things. Daddy is, and you know, he played really hard uh, throughout the game. You know, and, and the thing was is that last season... He was criticized for not being tough enough, you know, for not wanting to be aggressive enough. 
I think this uh, first game of the regular season really showed us that Jakob is going to be more aggressive. He's going to be more assertive inside the paint. I mean, he was pounding the glass really hard, playing really great inside the paint, going after every single rebound, setting great picks, coming out, setting the screens. I mean, he he was all over the place. He played so hard. He is like our friend uh, Jonas Clark likes to call him. The 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 rock lobster, you know, he was red, yeah, red, block red. Of portal. The block of portal, you know, he turned red like the Hulk, you know, right when the Hulk is gonna power up, you know, and turn to the Hulk, he turns a shade of green. Yaka portal was gonna power up, so he turned red, you know. He got the power of the sun from that infamous <laughs> sunburn. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I mean, he looked great out there. I like to see yeah. this new aggressive. Uh, Jakob Portal. I hope he can continue to play like this throughout the season because it does help the Spurs tremendously. You know, when they're going to want to get those second chance opportunities, you know, keeping the ball alive, tapping it back out, being active instead of just being flat footed and just waiting for somebody else to do the job. I'm like, I like this new, new Jakob Portal. I like the turnaround. Yes, he is much, much more fun to watch. I, He's always had great energy, but I think now he knows, you know, the job is mine. I am the starting center on this team. I'm going to go out and do what I can to help this team win. And I'll worry about, you know, time, getting playing time, whatever, and getting shots later. Like he knows he's kind of a cleanup guy. He's the garbage man. He cleans things up for people. And every now and then he gets an easy look at the rim. You know, don't make him create his own offense. And he knows his role. He plays it well. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I'm going to read some of the the stats off here. Points in the paint, what, that was in favor of the Spurs. They outscored the Magic in the paint, 56-50. to 50. Second chance points, also in favor of the Magic. They outscored the, the Spurs in the paint, 20-19. to 19. Fast break points, however, that goes ahead and goes along with the eye test that all Spurs fans saw in this first game of, this, of the regular season. And that was pace. The Spurs just outran the Magic. And, 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 you know, they blew him out of the water when it came to fast break points. 26 to 6. I mean, that was clearly evident and even showed up on the stat sheet, which is something that I was very excited about. I mean, I thought the team was going to play, you know, with a faster pace. But, I mean, they were just pushing it every time they got the chance. They were running the ball, making passes. I mean, you just love the energy that this team was playing with, but one of the the players that really stood out at me, I got to say, it it was Devin Vassell. I mean, he scored a career-high 19 points. He shot 8 of 12, you know, from the field. From beyond the arc, he was 3 of 4. I mean, the kid was lighting it up, and not only that, but he was making great decisions with the basketball, very poised, very calm out there, I mean, he looks like he's already a seasoned vet. I mean, the kid gives you something yes. to get excited about. I love me, Devin Vassell. What did you think? He was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed watching him play. And I think one of the best parts about this team this year, they really showed their depth. I mean, nobody played more than 31 minutes. DeJounte Murray had the most minutes at 30 and 53 seconds. Everybody and, and you know it helps when you're blowing a team out. You don't have to you don't have to play your guys too many minutes, and you can get other guys in. And we saw Jock Landale and Joshua Primo play for almost five minutes apiece. Um, I think 
what might excite more Spurs fans is that Bryn Forbes only played six minutes. He missed all four of his attempted shots and Popovich wasn't forced to leave him in there in hopes that he might turn things around. He said, well, you're not doing it for us tonight. We're going to turn around and give it to somebody else and let them run. And, you don't got you know, the I magic. I trust Bonnie Walker and I trust Evan <laughs> Vassell to do that and look Walker. He shot a lot, but he, he did do some nice things and he had a, he actually had a really good defensive game. Uh, he was one of four Spurs with a defensive rating under 100, which is very good for those who are who do not know. Um, DeJounte Murray had the best defensive rating with an 89. Lonnie Walker next best at 95. Drew Eubanks, 96. And then Devin Vassell, 99. So just fun facts for you guys. But yeah. yes, Devin Vassell, he is that guy. He is. This is exactly what everyone was talking about last year. Oh, you got to give him more minutes. Well, he's getting more minutes and he's doing things with them. I expect more of that this season. You know, and I got to point out, one of the things that we did not see last season was the balance as far as the scoring goes. It was very lopsided. Yes. This first game of the regular season, we had seven Spurs score in double figures. You had your starting five, you know, Keldon, Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott, Yaka Portal, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, all scoring in double digits. Then off the bench, you have Lonnie Walker scoring 17 points. Devin Vassell, 19 points. He, he led the Spurs in scoring. The kid led the, the Spurs bench. in scoring off the bench. I'm like, damn, and like, how good is he going to be? You know, I mean, I, I like this second unit, you know, especially if we can get some production out of Lonnie. Lonnie, to me, was the biggest enigma coming in to the regular season. He was the spur that had the most to prove. You want to see him continue doing what he's doing yes. night in and night out, not every other game. Because if that's going to be the case, you might want to start going ahead and getting excited for uh, maybe a top five or top six pick, Ben. <laughs> I mean, I've been excited for that, so I'm, I'm just going to keep my levels there. I'm not going to lie to you. I've, I'm very much looking forward to looking at top 10 prospects this year. Sorry, not sorry, but. I just want Pop to get his 26 wins and, and call it a day. 26, and there you go. Maybe 27 just to play it safe. <laughs> just just because. <laughs> but, you know, I like what I saw, too, out of one uh, Keldon Johnson. Like the aggression, you know, just love seeing him attack, attack, attack. You know, he shot six. Well, he, was, he, he attempted 12 uh, field goal attempts. He made six of those. He attempted one three-pointer. He didn't make it, <laughs> but from the free throw line, wasn't bad, about 50%, you know, for the game. He went to the free throw line six times. He only knocked down three of those attempts. Not bad, but you want to see him improve uh, from yeah. the stripe, especially if he's going to be fouled, you know. Um, right. Especially with the way he plays basketball. He's very aggressive. He tries to get to the rim. He's He should have, I mean, he should, I don't know if he's going to average six attempts per game. That might be a lot, but. This is a guy who should be getting to the line maybe three or four times a game, and you have to make the most of those opportunities if you're Keldon Johnson. And I, yes, that is an area of improvement for him. Otherwise, I mean, you have to love everything else he does on the floor. He's oh, yeah. he, he aggressive on rebounding, both defensively and offensively. He he goes to the rim. He he tries to take all the contact. He he you know he 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 sucks people in when he's driving he's, and so the next step for him is being able to penetrate and then pitch it out to a guy on the wing or the corner 
whose man got sucked in by his drive. Yeah, you know, and you also, I also like what I saw out of one DeJounte Murray. You know, he attempted 17 field goals. He connected on six of those. From the stripe, he was four. Well, he attempted four. Oh, I'm sorry. He attempted three free throw attempts. He made all three of those. 100%. Good on him. From yes. beyond the arc, though, he attempted four. He didn't knock down one three-pointer, you know? And and that's not really his strong suit. You know, if he knocks down one here or there, you're going to go ahead and live with that, you know? But if he was able to put together a nice little shot from beyond the arc, that would just open up the game tremendously, uh, I think, for him. But I did like what I saw out of one DeJounte Murray. He's going to be the one that I think is going to be scrutinized more than anything because he is the point guard and your starting point guard. So as DeJounte goes... So does your team because he's going to be the facilitator with the ball. He's going to go ahead and run your offense. And by him being able to go ahead and keep up with these young bucks, you know, and really keep up keep up uh, with them as far as the pace goes, he's the engine. He's the heart of this team, you know. So you want to see him produce on any, on any given night. But he didn't do too bad, you know, and first game. And he's a guy that, you know, he's been wanting to become the leader of this team. He's been saying what for what feels like two or three years now you know i want to be the guy i want to lead this team i want to you know i want to get us to the promised land i want to get us to where we want to go and he has plenty of opportunity for that this season with demar Derozan gone and no lamarcus aldridge and you you have a bunch of guys in that locker room who genuinely enjoy being around each other and have great chemistry so i think it, the job is all his i think it's going to be a relatively easy one he's not really going to have to I'm sure there are going to be nights this season where he's going to have to get into people, but it's not going to be a huge blow up. It's going to be, you know, that's the leader making a point and saying we've got to dig in or, you know, we've just got to make shots, whatever it is. So for him, I, I'm fair. That's one of the things I'm most looking forward to is seeing him develop as a leader on this team, both, you know, vocally, you know, doing what he doing, what he does on the floor, running the offense, what he does on defense as well. And just being an example, lead by example. That's, that's what you really hope for with him. And I think he's going to get there. You know, Derek white didn't have a bad game either. Scored 16 points. He made six of his 11 attempts from the field from beyond the arc. He attempted four, three point shots connected on three of those from the free throw line. He made the trek. Three times, only made one. Again, knock down your free throws if you're going to get fouled. Uh, that's a that's an area he's going to have to work on, you know. And it, it can get better throughout the season, you know. It, it's a first but game, and he's a shooter. If yeah, you, you know, you can't you can't be classified as a shooter and then miss free throws. You, we can't all be Joe Harris now. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's it's one game. It's the first game. It might have just been some rust, some nerves, whatever. But I think he'll be fine. He's a shooter. And the free throw line is the perfect place to correct your form, get into a groove, and, and you know, just feel confident in your shot. So I think he'll be fine. And, and I mean, he shot six of 11 from the field, and he, what, he hit three of his four threes. So something is going right. And in that game, the free throws didn't matter as much, so it's okay. But like you said, there will be games where those free throws matter, 
it would be nice to hit those. It would be. We don't want to lose really close games because you dinged a free throw. It didn't even hit yeah. the rim or it bounces off in a critical game. I mean, you got to knock down your free throws. And as a, as a team, the San Antonio Spurs shot 66.7% from the stripe. They went 18 times to the free throw line and they connected on 12 of those 18 attempts. Good enough, as I stated, for 66.7% as a team. The Magic, however, they went to the free throw line or to the stripe 23 times connected on 18 of those attempts. 18 out of 23 attempts, good enough as a team for shooting 78.3% from the free throw line. That sounds a little bit better than 66.7. Even yes. though they lost the game, they were money from the free throw line. The Spurs, I think, could have even won the game by a larger margin if they had knocked down more of their yeah, free throws. That, that might become a 30-point game rather than, what was it, 25, 24, Ex whatever it was. Yep, exactly. But all in all, it wasn't a bad game. You know, good first start, but the season's not going to get any easier for the San Antonio Spurs. They do have another game coming up on Friday, and that is going to be against the Denver the Denver Nuggets, and a team that's not too bad, you know? So this is going to be a test for the Spurs, you know? Um, can they go ahead and keep the Joker out of the paint? Can they keep the Nuggets at bay? You know, I think this is going to be a big test for the Spurs early on in the season. I mean, what are your uh, predictions for this game, Ben? Well, if you know anything about Denver, you know they don't have bays because they are landlocked, sir. That is basic geography. But I do think that the Jokic-Pertle matchup is going to be the big one, and I think this is that's going to be a night where Pertle sees a lot of minutes just because if you don't have him, if you don't have Pertle on Jokic, who else are you putting there? Are you going to try Drew Eubanks there? Are you going to try to throw Doug McDermott there? It seems like they're just mismatches, and – the worst part is they've they've got other really good players that are going to be mismatches on other guys, but I do think their weakness is at guard play. I I don't know if they have guys who stick to Jammer and Derek, and so I think it's going to be that's going to be one of those games where if the guards play really well, there's an opportunity to win that game. If the guards don't play all that well, they're missing shots, they're not creating, or they're not getting to the rim. It's, it's going to be a long night, and you, you have to make life as miserable as possible for Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Jokic. If, if you can try to make them as inefficient as possible, if you can limit them at any way, in any capacity, then you've got a great chance to win that game, but they have a lot of weapons. I think what Denver's going to wind up doing is taking the Spurs' speed away from them. I think they're going to get back in the transition defense a lot faster, a lot quicker probably press the Spurs, you know, with the full court press here and there and give them different looks. I think the Spurs are going to have their work cut out for them. If they can go ahead and get the Spurs into a half court uh, set, I think that plays into the Denver Nuggets hands because they're just going to go ahead and feed it to the Joker, go inside the paint and go for the mismatch. Because one of the things that the Nuggets are going to try to do, I believe, is go ahead and get Yaka Portal in foul trouble early. If they go ahead and get Yaka Portal in foul trouble early, sit him on the bench Who's going to be a rim protector? Who's going to help right. rebound? I mean, there you go. There's your game, you know? <laughs> so that's going to be an instrumental uh, lineup, a uh, matchup to keep an eye on there, the Yaka Portal and, uh, you know, Jokic uh, matchup. So what are your predictions as far as 
matchups here uh, beyond the guard play? What's another one that we need to watch for, particularly from the bench? From, man, that's tough because I think, again, I think Devin Vassell is going to have a nice opportunity to really eat up on the Denver second unit, assuming they he, he matches minutes with those guys. I think, you know, I, I don't know who they'd put on him. Maybe a Will Barton or a maybe a PJ Dozer or even Austin Rivers at times. But those those are all guys that Devin Vassell can get the better of. And if Derek White is playing backup point guard with the second unit, basically, then I think he has an opportunity to feast a little bit as well. And this could be a game where Lonnie Walker's athleticism shines and he he kind of takes over for a little spurt where he decides, okay, none of you guys can stay in front of me. I'm just going to go ahead and drive by you and see what happens. And whether that means I get to the rim because Jokic can't get there in time to help or I find one of my teammates open, so be it. But I, I think it's great opportunity for Devin Vassell and Lonnie Walker off the bench. I think it's going to be a, another you know, interesting game, see how the Spurs are going to respond. It's early in the season. If they went ahead and dropped this game against the Nuggets, I don't think any Spurs fan would be surprised. However, if they want to go ahead and get the dub against the Nuggets, now that's, that's a making one. a statement you know, early on <laughs> in the season because – Right after the Nuggets, you're going to face the defending world champ Bucks, you know, and then you come back home on the 26th to face LeBron James, Anthony Davis. And I don't want to include Russell Westbrook because he really hasn't done much, but you got to include him in there, too. You're going to face the Lakers, you know, and then the Mavericks. All these teams are not too bad, not too That's shabby. That's a brutal stretch to start your season. <laughs> the, the NBA really said, "We're gonna throw you a, we're gonna throw you a nice little softball here with the Magic to open your season. Let let Pop continue his crazy streak of openers, you know, game uh, season opening wins. You know, I think he's twenty three and two now. We'll we'll give that one to him. After that, we're gonna screw you guys. We're gonna give you the gauntlet. We're gonna do it right out of the gate in the early of the season. We're gonna deflate you and." Spurs fans are going to be unhappy because we really hit you with a with a garbage part of the schedule early in the season. Yeah, I'm going to ask you one thing here as we start bringing these thing this thing to a close is Spurs fans are so enamored with one Josh Primo. They started the chance early. Primo, Primo. Yeah, they and did. And finally, Coach Pop obliged late in the fourth quarter, went ahead and said, you know what? Go on in there, Primo. They're calling your name. Got to Got to run you out there for the fans, you know, for the people, for the raza. So he went ahead and put him out there and everybody went nuts. Everybody was excited. And the kid delivered, man. He went ahead and hit a three-pointer, just looked very poised. You know, you know, he looked graceful beyond his years. He's not even scared, shook or nothing. Just steps into a 25-foot three-point attempt, knocks it down. Fan base, fan base goes nuts. I mean, I like what I'm seeing out of Primo. I mean, you love the kid. He's only going to be, what, 19 years old? I mean, he's one of the youngest NBA players to ever play the game. You know, there's not very many that, you know, they can say, hey, they started their careers at 18, 19 years old. And Josh Primo's up there with, with some of the best, you know, as far as names go. Now, the ceiling is high for Primo. I mean, you know why the fans are getting excited. You know, the thing is... More than likely, at some point in time, he's going to be delegated to the G League, which is t- 
to the dismay of many Spurs fans. They're going to say, that's NBA purgatory. How dare you? This is our budding superstar. You know, I, I want to see the kid get some more run out there. I'm hoping that Coach Pop might just put him in for, you know, to the G League for a couple games and bring him back out here because Primo will sell tickets. He will fill the stands. You know, yeah, the seats. Just, just to see what happens. Yeah, just to see what happens, man. Put the kid in. But either way, I mean, what did you think of just his first couple minutes and then his first shot as a San Antonio Spur? Official oh, points I mean, as a San Antonio Spur. You got to love the first shot. He made it. He's one of one. He's a legend. He's 100. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a true shooting percentage of 1.5, which is obviously not maintainable, but... uh it's great. I mean, he, like you said, he went out there, he played with confidence and granted it's, it's easy to play with confidence when you're playing against second or third stringers, you know, the magic knew the game was in hand and then they said, okay, screw it. We're done here. And that's fine. You got to start somewhere. And so he did and made the most of it. So you're probably right though. He'll probably end up in Austin on a couple of occasions. So he'll go back and forth and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Coach pop went ahead and cleared the bench. He inserted one KBD, Keita Bates, Diop, and also Trey Jones, which we don't really see a lot of. But I'm glad that he went ahead and ran them out there, gave them some minutes. And they produced, you know, they they put up some points. Trey Jones put up four points. Keita Bates, Diop put up seven. You know, not bad for 11 minutes for Keita Bates, Diop, and eight minutes for Trey Jones. One of the, one of the players that was noticeably absent from the Spurs uh, lineup was Thaddeus Young. Now, the question to you, Ben, is are the Spurs even going to play this guy or do they have an agreement as far as a trade that they're just not telling us about and they don't want him to get injured? So they're going to go ahead and sit him. Is that a possibility? Uh, It's that is tough. I think. I mean, I don't know. I really I mean, a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people expected him to play last night. I mean, I expected him to play last night, so I don't really know what's going on there. It could be they have a trade in mind, but I think with him, they can't trade him until a certain date in the season because of the way his contract works. Yeah. So maybe they're saying, I think it was we next week, actually. We're going to sit you. Yeah, I think and, they can trade when, him next week. Yeah, and when we, yeah, when we, when we can make our trade, we'll make the, we'll make our move and be on with it. Yeah. So it's just, you know, one of those head scratchers. Okay, why isn't he playing? He's not injured. You know, it's like, okay. That's something to keep an eye on for sure. If you're a Spurs fan and you see that he does not play in the next game, you know, against the Nuggets, they're going to go ahead and DNP again. Then, you know, to me, there's something to miss. If it goes three or four games in a row, definitely something there to to keep an eye on. You know, maybe they just don't want him injured because they want to be able to get some value for him. You know, right. and maybe they're talking behind the scenes with somebody. Hopefully the front office is wheeling and dealing, you know, doing something. You hope. You yes. would hope doing something sexy because the Spurs fans know they like they always say make fun of pop in the front office. We like the team we have. You know, <laughs> we're tired of that. <laughs> yes. We need it's change. Done. We need change, Ben. We need change now. But just seeing the, you know, what the Spurs did in this first game against the Magic. Is this something for you to go ahead and get excited about and. Maybe the Spurs might be uh, flirting with that play-in game or that eighth seed. What do you think, Ben? I think it's way too early to be speculating about that. Um, They looked really good against a bad team that was also missing players. So I'm not sure it's fair to say 
they could be a potential playoff team, even if it's play-in game. But I also don't want to put anything past them. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll put it that way. There you go. Keeping it real. You know, because a lot of the Spurs fan, the, the Spurs fan base was, this team's going to win like 45 games or something of that nature. I'm just like. It's a lot. It's a it's lot a of lot. games. It's a lot of games to win in a stacked Western Conference. You know, it's like, look, you know what? At the end of the day, am I going to say that there's no way they can do that? No, I'm not going to say that. But, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and be optimistic just like you. Just enjoy the season for what it is and have fun yes. watching this team because they certainly are fun to watch when everything's firing on all cylinders, you know? Yeah, when they're getting up and down the floor, man, that's when the good stuff happens. Yeah, so hopefully they can go ahead and continue this, you know, trend and be be competitive. That's all I'm asking. You know, you play hard, you're competitive out there. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But it, either way, just play hard. Give it all you got, you know? And even if they're yes. down by a bunch, if they go ahead and start making it interesting in the third and fourth quarter and they cut into a 20-point lead and only lose by five or six, hey, there's a victory there. It's a small one, even though you lost the game, but it's good that you build that confidence, you, gotta, you know, you gotta as take a unit. the moral victories when you can. Exactly. So just play hard. You know, that's all I'm looking for uh, this team to do this season. I know you're probably looking at the NBA draft, Ben. I know that you're going to oh, be yes. looking at college basketball that's going to be coming up here shortly can't wait <laughs> we got like 20 more days until the first game november 9 you're that's damn right we do <laughs> and ben is going to be ecstatic he's probably going to get drunk while watching the first couple games oh and they're going to be bad games too i'm i'm going to be that guy who's watching the you know they used to they used to do the 24-hour uh tip-off and they had some really terrible games starting at 3 a.m. watching like a Colgate and Lehigh. Mm. I'm here for that. Give me that all day. Oh, there you go. Checked it into my veins. All right. So as we go ahead and bring the show to a close, Ben, where can they go ahead and contact you or, you know, get in contact with you and talk sports on of social course. media? You can find me on the Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. That's it. Talk to me there. At me. On bro. the Twitters. Come for him at the, on the Twitters. And you can also right. find some of the stuff that he kind of writes here and there for Project Spurs. Kind of writes. This ProjectSpurs.com. Yeah, kind of writes. It's all right. He's all right. No, he writes good <laughs> stuff, man. Go check out Ben. He's uh, going to be your guy to go to for everything that you want to know about draft picks, you know, names that you need to keep an eye on. Ben's always writing great stuff for Project Spurs throughout the year. So make sure you go and check out not only Ben, but the great talent that we have as far as our writers go and our staff over at projectspurs.com so for benjamin bornstein i'm joe garcia thank you all for watching another episode and listening to another episode of the two shots podcast and like we always say spread the love stop the hate be kind we're out peace <laughs>